stupid door. I can't get. I can't get in. I, 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 I'm, I'm just as confounded as you are. Clearly, it is open, right? Because I think cause... I can see people in there. Yeah, the lights are on. There's people in there. Mm. <sighs> maybe, maybe you need to like bang on the door, get someone's attention. Like I haven't. Mean... <sighs> I mean, <sighs> what are we supposed to do? We need the things from in there. I'm, I'm, I'm try. I am pushing as much as I can. I'm, I am. I am certainly trying. Uh, can I help you? Uh, yes, we're trying to get in. It's a pool door. Oh, that's how you open it. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where that podcast that that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and what we have done and have a bit of a giggle and do some voices and some skits and just have a bit of time where we make a thing together. That's us. It's just quite nice to do a thing together, isn't it? It is. I like doing things with you. <laughs> How has your week been? It's been very lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Say, how's your week been? I'm trying to think what I actually did with my week. Oh yeah, the Saturday kind of flew by. Yeah, Sunday. What a, what a, what did we do Sunday? Don't even remember. Played some video games, I think. We went out for a nice walk. Oh yeah, we did. We went out for a walk out. We had calippos and you caught pocketed moans. Yeah, we had a bit of like we've had a few days of spring-like weather mm. in the midst of winter, and that's been really nice. Yeah, I've had a few days off. Uh... Tried to play some video games, uh, made some music for another podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, went and spent some, some time away enjoying... You went looking I, for wombles? I went womble hunting up on, on Wimbled and Common. Yeah, uh, ate some cheesecake. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Sounds like you had a lovely time. It was a lovely day. Yeah. A lovely day. Ah, from there, shall we go on to what we've played this week? I think we should, and shall we start with the thing we've already mentioned? That thing what we have played? What you uh, have played? What, what, that thing what I have played, and you were present for me playing. I was. Uh, I played Pokemon Go, because yeah. I've not done that in like a month, because the weather's been really bad, and mm-hmm. honestly, like, A, who wants to be out doing long walks in the miserable winter weather? And B, even if I am out walking, I don't want to have my hands out to use my phone, because my hands yeah. will get cold... Phone will get wet if it's wet. Yeah. I my my thumbs don't register on the screen properly. My phone's oh, no. battery dies because of the cold. Oh no! Um. So yeah, I suddenly realised like, oh, nice weather. Also, oops, I've got like three days to get the new legendary before it goes out of raids. Mm-hmm. So I went and played a bunch of Pokemon Go. Mm. Uh, that game. That game I continue to really enjoy, but I also have the problem of like. If I find that I'm about to miss out on a Pokemon and God knows when it will come back up again, I get really stressed by this game and Ooh. like it it can be a genuine source of anxiety of of uh, 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 I need to get the thing, but I'm never gonna be able to get the thing because I didn't get the thing, and that doesn't do good for my my completionist. Oh, we, so, we did a little hurtle around town and we, we did, yeah. what, five raids? Something like that. I, I didn't get the one I needed on that day. I went out for another day. I did like 14 kilometres of walking and still didn't get the, the one I was trying to get. Oh, no. And I ended up I ended up just 
finding someone that I'm like a good level friend with in game and being like, I'll give you one of my spare shinies if you just trade me this legendary. Mm. So assuming that that trade goes ahead just fine, that's fine. That saves me from stressing running around the next couple of days trying to do this raid. Because the, prob the problem I have right now is... Um, the last week of this this legendary being up for raids, they also had like a different legendary available in shiny variants, and right now that's all anyone playing is like cares about. So no one is out there doing the raid that I need people to go do, mm -hmm. which has been like, it's why what I used to do is the second a new raid goes up, and I really should have done with this is go out that first weekend, go out with a group of people and go do five or six off that raid, I'll, you know, I'll get it day one and yeah. I don't have to worry about it. No. I, I really... I, I still like Pokemon Go, but I don't enjoy it when the clock is ticking and there's days to go and I'm about to miss out on getting a Pokemon. No, um, that's always been your sort of it's, it's the stress thing, point. It's the thing that many times has brought me to the edge of stopping playing and then I've sort of brought myself back, but... Uh, the other thing is they introduced a new Pokemon called Smeargle, which they've been umming and ahhing. It's the last Gen 2 Pokemon they hadn't introduced, and the question was, like, how are they going to handle some of its slightly odd mechanics? Mm. And they introduced a camera thing where you can take pictures of Pokemon you already have. Um, if you take a picture of Pokemon, uh, Smeargle might photobomb the picture, and if you notice, you can, like, click on, on the image, and you can capture Smeargle that has the moves of the Pokemon you were photographing. So is Smeargle a bit like, like a Ditto? <laughs> kind of like Ditto. It, so the thing with Ditto is that it like transforms into that Pokemon and gets all of its moves and it like visually becomes that Pokemon and that sort of thing. Right. Smeargle's whole thing was like one of it... In most of the RPGs, one of its moves, it can steal a move from another Pokemon temporarily and still be a Smeargle with Smeargle's stats and types and whatnot. Mm. But just with this one stolen move. Um... Yeah, the way it works in this is a lot, lot more similar to a Ditto. It's basically have a normal type Pokemon that has this move set that you wouldn't com wouldn't commonly have on a normal type, mm. which can lead to some interesting type combinations. But I ended up having to take like thousands of photos to get this Smiggle to pop up. First time it ran away, took thousands more. Eventually got a second one. Had really bad luck with it. Had to mass take and delete photos. It was a, it was not a fun way to catch a new Pokemon. No. Not, not a big fan of it. But you got it. All done now. I got it. I now just need a Heracross, which is the South America exclusive, and then my Gen 2 Pokedex is complete. So I need to find like someone UK-based who... Uh, you can't trade Pokemon that were traded to you, so I need someone near, like relatively near to me who went to South America and caught a Heracross, or, like, let's be realistic, either spoofed their location to catch one, or gave their login to someone over there to catch one for them and let them log back in. But uh, I need to find someone who has a Heracross that can be traded and convince them to trade it to me, and then I've completed Gen 2. So I'm nearly there. That's my big stumbling block now, is getting a Heracross, which... Oh. I'm not, like, stressing about, but it would be a nice thing to do. So if anyone listening, like, is likely to see me at a con at some point in the future and also has a Heracross they can trade, hit me up. Let me know. I'll see what I can do. No hits. Only oh. loves. 
Uh, well, what about you? What have you been playing this um, week? Well, you know, in the subject of threes that I've been playing recently, I, <laughs> I had a, I had a stab at Far Cry Three. One of them games what I had in my Steam library that wouldn't run on my old PC. Yeah, so. how's that been going for you? Uh, boring. It's yeah. not fun. Yeah, it's I, it's my first experience with a Far Cry game. It's just not that fun. It's not the best by a long shot. The wildlife is very <laughs> angry. The people are very angry. I I kind of enjoyed Far Cry 4 because it got like... It had a much more over-the-top silly villain and that helped drive it. Mm. Like, Far Cry 3 is... That's Pagan Ming, right? Yeah, yeah. Pagan Ming was like an interesting enough villain to like get me playing through that game. Far yeah. Cry 3, I remember nothing of that game. Hmm. Um, it's got Vass in it. Vass is an interesting character. Oh, yeah. He's a bit wacky. Yeah, a um, little bit. But I, I didn't really care about the supposed hero. Yeah. I didn't really care about his friends. Yeah, I... I quite like the <laughs> bit where you're running through the mushroom cave tripping your face off. Yeah. Like, the the that is graphically quite interesting. Yeah. I, I did think, I, as, as soon as he walked in there and started tripping because the mushrooms spored at him, I did immediately think, you should not be climbing up things, Mush. Yeah, That's you, a bad yeah, idea. You shouldn't be climbing things. Um, My 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 question, Um, how well handled were those visuals? Did they seem... They seemed reasonably accurate. Reasonably lot... realistic to what someone in that situation might be seeing. Um... To a point. To a point. <laughs> like there was, there was a whole bit where you're climbing up a wall and the rocks in front of you just roll away, and then before you know it, you're no longer climbing up a wall. You're just walking along. So at some point, you either walk to the top of that and didn't quite register it, or you fell off and cracked your head open on the rock on the bottom, and you're now staggering around somewhere else. <laughs> but the bit when you're sort of stumbling along towards your goal and there's um just like the the way the colors change and the the screen shifts like yeah that was quite interesting that reminded me of, of certain certain chemicals certain experiences that we shall not name indeed <laughs> um or indoors um, <laughs> but then there was other bits where it was like you see yourself going back to the um, greenhouse that you started at, yeah, and all the mushrooms uh, that were in the in the in the greenhouse there are sort of floating up out of their little boxes, spinning around and exploding. Yeah. And it's like, mm, no, it's, yeah. There's uh, some stretching uh, of, of yeah. what is reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of hallucinogen they're doing, but in my experience. Which is entirely hypothetical. Hypothetical entirely, yes. Um, in, in the research of such hypothetical things, <laughs> yeah. I can't say that... Um, that you, you've that, ever read accounts like that? I've not read accounts of, of, <laughs> of Swim who... who uh, <laughs> God, Swim. Uh, swim who encountered such things. Not, yeah. not from anything fungal-based, anyway. Uh, yeah, any other uh, thoughts on that game? It's boring! It's yeah. really boring! The hang glider section, where you're just kind of floating along, I was like, this does not look that, that, the, the first time I did it, because the thing was, I, I, I got sort of close to where I wanted to be, and then I got shot down, and I landed a bit hard, and just broke my legs and died. That's not good. And I had to go back to where I'd been previously, and it's like, oh, now I'm doing the hang gliding again. Well, I guess I'm doing this two and a half, three minutes again. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not as fun now. <laughs> no, no. As an unskippable vehicle section. Yeah, that game hasn't aged well. No, and I mean, it was my first Far Cry, so I didn't really know what else to expect. I, I think a lot of that game's appeal at the time was, Oh, it's a big polished open world, isn't it? Before that was like such a common thing to exist. It's sort of pretty. I mean, yeah. like there's jungle things, and but like I don't understand. There's things about it I don't understand. Like you can hunt like uh, pigs or something, and that will get you the right type of skin slash leather to make a wallet. Yeah. But then, like, if you want to upgrade your wallet again, you need to find tapirs. Like. What? What? Why? I, What's I, so special about that particular animal? That that oh crocodiles! I, you need to you need to oh it needs to be crocodiles for this one. It needs to be boars for that. No. What, what kind of completionist leather farmer do you have to be? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I'm I'll happily make a a, a full weapon holster, but it's got to be made of this particular kind of leather. Yeah. Me, fuck off. Uh, so yeah, other things we've played this week are played more Tetris 99. I'm still chasing after that number one spot. I've had second place enough times now that I'm like, I can do this. I can, I can do this. I'll get there. Yeah, you've been Um, properly addicted on that one. Yeah, it helps that I fixed the issue I had where, um, my right stick, uh, clearly wasn't calibrated properly and kept trying to swap me to targeting badges rather than, um than KOs, which was, like, throwing me, and since I've recalibrated it and stopped that issue, oh my goodness, yeah, it's made it easier to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What else are you playing? Uh, one other thing I started playing today, I started playing Just Cause 3. Oh yeah, how's that going? It's much more fun than Far Cry 3. It's an open world world where you just, it's cool to blow stuff up. And it's fun to blow stuff fantasy. up. And, yeah, like, she want to blow that bridge up? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you don't have to be in a mission. That's that's not just a mission thing. You yeah. can just blow that up. Everything's just a bit silly and over the top, and yeah, uh, you can blow stuff up. Who and, cares? What and you, you can fall off your parachute from quite a distance and not break your legs and die. Yeah, it's it's got regenerating health. It's the the difference between this and say um, Far Cry uh, Three is for me the same reason that like I struggle to enjoy Red Dead, uh, which is. Sometimes being more realistic isn't more fun. Just, like, throw away some of the realism and make things a bit more actiony and silly and I'll have a better time. Yeah, the other thing that really annoyed me about um, Far Cry 3 was the fact that I installed it from Steam. I, I, I previously owned it from Steam. I installed it from Steam. And then I had to log into Ubisoft as well to yeah. play. Like, what? Why? <laughs> I own it. You've got DRM through there. What, what do you need this for? Murderum, murderum. But yeah, you had fun blowing stuff up. Then. I had lots of fun blowing stuff up, and I will continue to blow stuff up. It is, it is more in that Satan's Row silly than the yeah. do the serious thing. Yeah, indeed. And also, I feel better about what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I didn't really like the the protagonist from the first one. So, uh, from uh, Far Cry, so it was nice to sort of go, "Hey, Rico's doing kind of good things for for people who need good things done for them." Hmm. I mean, like, I don't know the full plot of that game yet, but I get the impression they were doing the right thing, as opposed to doing a self... self... More, more so than Far Cry 3, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, is that everything you've played? Is that everything I've played? Do you uh, else? The only other thing I've played is a game called Dragalia Lost, which Ooh. is a Nintendo smartphone game that came out in yeah. Japan and North America in September of last year. Right. And it came to the UK today. Oh, Don't yeah. know what caused that delay. Um, Localisation. Uh, maybe? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Um, long long story short, it's kind of a fun action RPG. It's got a big focus on story, which, like, the story, clearly they cared about it, even if it's kind of long and rambling and oh. unnecessary at times. Uh, there is unfortunately no option to just pay for it and go, I've paid for the game the game is paid for. Um, there's some gacha mechanics for, like... You can and you can earn this stuff in game, and I I've not played enough to know yet how heavy the grind is. But it's like, do you want to give us some real money to like open a randomized box and see if you can get some gear for your character, or do you want to save up your in-game currency to do that? Mm. Um, I I I. I know that it was not the biggest success for Nintendo, but I far preferred what they did with Super Mario Run, where it's like, here is up to a portion of the game, did you enjoy it, pay us some money, here's the rest of the game, single payment, no randomised bullshit. Yeah. That's my thing, and I... Because, like, this is a fun action RPG, I would totally play this if I could just pay for it, and know that the balance would then be set for having paid for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's everything I've played this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Firing jelly beans into the sun. And now the headlines again. There has been a rise in the horrifying trade of fictional animal parts on the black market. Parts such as popple pouches, clangerfoot, wombofur have all been showing up more and more into the UK. Joining us now is a member of the customs team. Tell us a bit about some of the horrific things that you've seen coming into the country. Well, see, you would think the fact that these come from fictional uh, creatures would make it easier to, to stomach the trade of these uh, these animal parts, but um, honestly, the fact that I've only ever associated these creatures with, you know, happiness, joy, unadulterated fun makes it all the more gruesome to be- realise, oh god, I'm holding part of this creature and it's not attached to the rest of it. It's truly the stuff of nightmares. And just last week, I understand you uncovered uh, some somewhere in the region of uh, a million pounds worth of, of womble fur. And, and roughly how many wombles do you think that would have been? As best we can tell, absolutely every womble in Wimbledon Common was slain. It It, it, it is an absolute... It is an absolute bloodbath. I, I I, did not know there was enough room in Wimbledon Common for this many wombles. Truly horrific. And and I understand also that uh, there has been a, a growing trade in, in Muppet penis used for sort of fertility aids. Indeed. But we've also seen, and, and I think this is important, we've seen a trade in counterfeit Muppet penises as well. We've been seeing a lot of Gonzo's noses being imported and masquerading as Muppet penises. It's, uh, you know, a, a, a cheaper way to pass off the same sort of effective product. Mm, and they're just using, I suppose, some sort of felt or something? Oh, in, in, indeed. It's, it's just... It's, it's felt with a dildo inside of it, really. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Coming up next, the weather with Invisible Bob. Do you find yourself regularly double-booked? Definitely. I have that very problem this weekend. 
So, how would you like to be able to do both things? Very much so. My fear of missing out is crippling. Well, how about this? Come to second place, where you can be in two places at once. Tell me more. Well, first off, we'll clone you. <gasps> then your clone, with all your memories and all of your understanding, will go off and have the party of their dreams and <gasps> be able to do that thing that you can't do. This sounds amazing. Once they come back, we'll filter all of their memories back into your head. They'll mesh with your own memories. You'll have twice the memories from the same time, but you'll have experienced both things. This sounds amazing, and definitely not in any way weird and scientific. And it's not going to make me question who's the real me or anything. Oh, well, the clone, you see, will only last for a week and a half. Well, I guess if I last more than a week and a half, I'm good. That's second place, where you can be in the second place at the same time. Thanks, second place. We had a great time. So, what have you watched this week? Well, I started on that Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah, and I finished that Umbrella Academy and then started rewatching it with you because I wanted to watch it again. It's jolly good. I, I, I must ask, so are there things you picked up Watching it from the beginning again that oh. you didn't quite get the first time. Or? Yeah, so a, a little bit of a little bit of context. Um, I very much enjoyed the comics that this is based on. It's a new series on Netflix that is loosely based on a series of comics, uh, comic books by uh, Gerard Way, who was the singer for My Chemical Romance, oh. and uh, artist uh, Gabriel Gabrielle Barr, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it's loose. Season one of the Netflix show is loosely based on the first two arcs of the comic series. Okay, so it, they've sort of been mashed together? Or? Kind of. It kind of mashes them together, mixes the order around a bit. I would arguably say the Netflix show does a better job of making those first two arcs one coherent narrative. Mm. It does make some fairly considerable changes, particularly to how the big season one finale of the show happens, they solve that problem in a very different way. Okay. Um, the other thing is that the the versions of the characters we see in the TV show have a lot of their powers either <sighs> more slowly given to them to use. Mm. They are definitely less adept at their powers in the TV show Presumably because they want room to grow, to introduce those stronger powers over time and to make this a more long-running show. That's the, the feeling I get, is yeah. um, for anyone who's watched it, to, in the final episode, a character realises they can do a thing they didn't know they could do before. Um, like, that's a thing that they just always could do in the comics, and like it, it feels like they're spreading it out to... I, I like that they're giving more of that arc. I wonder how that's going to interact with later arcs of the show. But, um, yeah, I think we mentioned it a bit last week. Like, the overall premise is a bunch of babies are suddenly born to women who weren't pregnant. And they have they have powers. And a, a old billionaire adopts them all and is not a great dad, but, like, tries to make them a superhero team. And they have a robo-mum. Yeah, they have a robo mum, and they got a, uh, a sort of housekeeper friend who is uh, who's a an ape of an ape of some kind, and they all come together for their father's funeral and go, oh, the world's ending very soon. What are we gonna do about that? We'll do. While uh, assassins chase them. Yeah. See, you're like 
a little over halfway through the show, mm-hmm. and like we've start, you've started to see like where we're going, and some mm-hmm. of the things have been revealed. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, how yeah, how are you finding it so far? I like Klaus. Klaus is like easily the best part of that show. Mm-hmm. Actually, Klaus and Number Five are the two two best things. Yeah, Five's good. Yeah, no, num- interesting character. Number five is well acted, child it? actor who is playing like a sixty-year-old man suddenly thrown into a teenage body, mm-hmm. and he do it good. Uh, yeah. Klaus is he 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 can see dead people, and that's kind of a traumatic experience. So he just kind of does a lot of drugs and is very silly. He's he's an interesting character. Yeah. I also like the sort of budding relationship with the um, donut. Waitress. Yeah, yeah. The that seems like it's quite sweet. Yeah, honestly, like that. I think that was really sweetly handled in the show. Like mm. it, it, it's not going to pull the rug under your feet. That that is genuinely just a nice sweet plot line that happens. Um, yeah, I I like a lot of the casting in this. Mm. I there's a few of the characters I think they definitely underutilize. Um, uh, the Luth, there's um. Luther and Diego, which is the the guy with the knives and big guy, mm-hmm. both of those are like not as cool in the show as they do cooler things with them in the comics. Maybe they'll get there in time. Yeah. Um, I really like oh, what's her name? Um, Ellen Page. Vanya. Um, pardon? Vanya. Yeah, Vanya. Um, I really love Ellen Page's Vanya. I. It's always weird seeing, seeing her in a straight relationship. Seeing her in, in a in a not woman woman relationship is yeah. like, oh, that's not what I expect. Like, I'm glad she's not typecast to only be allowed to play gay roles, but also, it's weird seeing you play not a gay role. Also, I don't like or trust that guy. That's it's fair. Mm, yeah, mm, that's mm, well, well, do mm, not like. Well, mm, yeah, do not um, like. Uh, the the other character I think is underused in this is. Um, the rumor, uh, I forget her actual uh, yes. her person name, but the rumor was her. Uh, We've really seen. Name. You don't see much of her. She sort of pops up, has an argument, and yeah, there's not like there's not been a lot of like her character really. Yeah, I feel. it's we know why she doesn't use her powers very much. Yeah, and we see her in a flashback use them once as a kid. Hmm. Um, I think it's. A real shame, because in the comics, um, and I will maybe tell you about this after you finish watching the show, she has one of the coolest moments in the comics is her, and the way they've done season one of the show, I think they're probably going to cut that really cool moment out, and that's Aww. it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll find a way to do it in season two still, but I'm not convinced. Um, I would like to see more of what they do with that character, but oh. it's a cool screwed up people who are superheroes kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. Alison. Alison is the the the, the rumour. Alison. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, I... It, it's definitely a departure from the source material, but I would really like to see a season two of this. Um, they've, they've made smart changes, and I... Even if they end up going in a slightly different direction than the source material... I would happily watch more of this this version of of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. One thing I also liked, because I sort of recognised um, Pogo's voice actor, uh, Adam Godley. Yeah. And it wasn't until I sort of looked up who it was and confirmed it was them that I went, actually, that really looks like him as well. Yeah, I, 
I'm usually really dubious of CGI characters in TV shows because the budget just usually doesn't justify it, but mm. Pongo's really well done. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it's getting easier to do stuff like that. Yeah, I never really, like, double-took at Pongo's existence in scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'd, I'd say it has, at worst, that sort of level of... Um, was it Rogue Squadron? Uh, the the yeah. CG in that for, yeah. like, uh, young Carrie Fisher yeah. and... Um, uh, Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One, yes. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah, sorry, I worked out what you mean. Rogue One, yeah. Um, yeah, the the one disappointment I still kind of have is that uh, Gabrielle Barr's art design in the comics is stunning, and I, it's a real shame that some of the over-the-top exaggerated art stuff, that there wasn't any way to capture that in the TV show. Mm. Which, yeah, granted would be difficult in a live-action thing, and I'm glad they didn't do it rather than do it badly, but... Yeah. Yeah, any any other thoughts on that? There's all my thoughts. Well then, uh, we also watched another thing together. Mm. We watched the Lego Movie 2. I really enjoyed that. It was really sweet. I would like to go and see it again, sort of knowing how it ends. Yeah, yeah, I... I have a few things in my head where I'm like, does does that logically track the whole way through? I'm not certain, but um, it was another fun, silly film yeah. that turned out to have, like, it, it was clear that there was going to be, like, like the first film, there was going to be some kind of here is the real world implication of this plot that's yeah. happening. Um I thought I knew where it was going, and then they sort of pulled a twist, and I was like, oh, okay, no, that's not quite what I thought. Mm. Okay, that's... And it's, um, obviously, this time it's not about the, um, the boy's interest, uh, the, the boy's, um... Relationship with Relationship with his, with his father. father. It's yeah. more about his sister this time. Yeah, yeah, so it's no, it's no secret that, like... The ki- the 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 male character who in the the live action stuff in the first film he's grown up a little bit his interests have slightly changed and that's been represented in the world he's been told to let his sister play Lego with him and the two don't really mesh well in how they play together initially she's playing with a lot of Duplo Indeed. and then later on they introduce Lego friends and I hate Lego friends with an absolute passion. <laughs> That's... I was trying not to growl through large sections. That's, of that's that fair, one. but I think it's a fair representation of like it. It it was representing that there are a lot of different ways that people engage with that brand. That mm. uh, you know, there is sometimes a reluctance to to allow to mesh. I think my thing with Lego Friends is because there's that story that about how they'd come up with this whole idea for Lego Friends. They put huge amounts of money into it. They marketed it, and they were aiming for, like, very specific... Like, the company that in the 1970s said, Lego is for everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter what gender you are, you can play with Lego. And this is girl Lego. And and then they they introduced specific girl Lego, and then they got someone in to, like, focus test it or something, and they basically um, got this young girl in and said, hey, what would you do to make this sort of, like, more for girls? And she went into the big pile of, of Lego hair, she got one with long hair, and she stuck it on a normal Lego minifigure. It yeah. did not require specially made figures, it did not require a whole separate yeah. uh, branch specifically made for girls. It was just like, I just want someone that's got hair that I can relate to. I 
I 1000% agree with you conceptually there. I also think that it's a reality that, be it because of the marketing machine or not, the, the different types of Lego are 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 pushed on girls, and I yeah. think it it I think representing that wasn't necessarily a a drawback, even if I am annoyed by the existence of that brand. I guess, but um, yeah, they it, did some fun things with those characters, yeah. though. I yeah, I I very much enjoyed some of the songs in this. Yes. Um I I know this oh, God, is the list, the listen section, <laughs> but um the the song about how a specific character is definitely 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 not evil <laughs> is stunning. <laughs> it always stunning. I am a big fan of the definitely 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 not evil song. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite wonderful. It is. It is a thing of beauty. Um, yeah. I, and we both had a cry at one of the songs at the end. Yeah, yeah. Was, in the theatre. <laughs> yeah, there was a song at the end that was like, oh, not only is this really beautiful in the story, but also it's hitting on some real world feelings about the world. And feels. I, I just need a cry. It, it, here's the thing. I did not think that a sequel to the Lego movie could have the same sort of surprise impact with its real world stuff, and also make me kind of cry and feel like real world feelings the mm. way that the first one did. I thought, oh, you've done your surprise. You can't repeat that. Yeah. No, they they repeated it. They they got me again. They did, and I I like that they referenced um like Batman referenced the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. That was it, good. Yeah. It, it's a really good film. Um, lacking in Unikitty for your uh, taste. I felt like there was not enough Unikitty, and the Unikitty that there was, she was a bit more uh, Aggie teenager. But I suppose yeah. since she is the creation of Aggie teenager now. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is I think, I think it was important considering the changes that happened to the primary character to change up the kind of characters we were seeing our protagonists interact the, the, with. The the. the prime mover, I suppose, in this yeah. case, rather than the primary character. Because I suppose the primary characters are, like, the the master builders, so Emmett, um, Lucy, yeah. Unikitty, Benny, uh, who am I missing? Batman. So, Batman, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the pirate head. Oh, uh, Metalbeard. Yeah. Um, but no, I... I think it was definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's, definitely. I'd seen a couple of reviews that were like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good film, it's a little less good than the first time. I'm like, nah, nah, yeah. I, I had a great time. Yeah, great time. Yeah, yeah. would watch again. I would happily watch that again as well. Definitely. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, yeah, I watched one other thing. Let me find the list. Uh, I watched a turtle's tale, Sammy's adventure. Tell me about a turtle's tale. Let me summarise it for you. Fuck humanity, you're awful. Fuck humanity, you're all shit. Fuck humanity, you're fucking up the planet. Fuck humanity. It's That's a, basically it was, it was an animated film about turtles, and yeah. a lot of it was about how awful humans, humans are fucking humans. up the planet and making things difficult for the turtles. Yeah. I wanted to end humanity by the end of the film. To be fair, I already kind of do. Humanity's <laughs> like, yeah, it's on a bad road at the yeah, moment. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a few people that I'd still save from it. But generally speaking, I think we wouldn't be out of place if the humanity died out and the bunnies took over. Yeah. There'd be, there'd be fewer wars if the bunnies took over. Oh, I don't know, those bunnies... <laughs> But yeah, no, you you've told me some bits about this film that yeah. a lot of it is like, ah, oh, these these turtles are gonna go have their nice life and fall in love and whatnot. 
but also like along the way there's an oil yeah uh, leak uh, basically an oil ship just like gets a massive hole in it and floods tons of oil into the ocean and and you get the impression it's like destroyed a lot of wildlife and and habitat um there's plastic bags like there's a scene yeah. where the main character gets sort of caught in a plastic bag and has to be rescued there's rubbish there's um even like the environmentalist group that they encounter like although they're trying to help generally they draw on the back of the turtle and i realize that they're like hey it's not gonna do them any harm but like it's not your place to just inflict that on they, another and being. And they get arrested? They get arrested. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the the fact that they got involved at all really ended up sort of, uh, especially the second time, really ended up just sort of hampering the hero's quest to, to That turtle to just wanted love. to be a wild turtle. Yeah, there's some logging in it at one point. <laughs> there's, like, um, I'm not sure exactly where they are because I'm obviously... It's all told from the point of view of the turtle. So the geography is a bit difficult sometimes. I think it might be the Panama Canal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's logging along there um, that's quite sort of destructive. There's, um, yeah, as I said, the plastic bags. The, it's just just awful. Just, yeah, not good for humanity. Not good for humanity. So, yeah, mm. if you want a really depressing... Uh, uh, wake up call about the environment that's uh, yeah a turtle's tale Sammy's adventure yeah uh, I watched one other thing I want to talk about yes uh, so there's a couple of documentaries out there about the fire festival and oh. I want to talk about both of them at, at points <coughs> but to, today this week we're going to talk about the Netflix one mm-hmm. um, so I thought I knew a lot about the fire festival debacle. I realised today there's a lot I did not know and the story was worse than I thought. Um, so before going any further with this one, um, an important caveat to have with the Netflix Fire Festival documentary, uh, the other one is on Hulu, I think, mm-hmm. um, is that the Netflix di- uh, um, the Netflix one is produced in part by a company called Fuck Jerry, who are currently in their own legal problems for like monetizing stolen content. But also they were the social media managers for Fire Festival and they really downplay their own involvement. Like they do show up a couple of times in the documentary, but it's like, oh and we were doing we were doing social media stuff and we turned up and we had no idea it was gonna be this bad. Um so like just Bear in mind, Fuck Jerry are more culpable in this than they let on in that documentary, mm. but I still think there's a lot of value to take from this documentary. So it does a lot of focusing on like the build-up to the festival and how things went wrong along the way, mm. the festival itself and the aftermath. Yeah. Um, the main things to take away are... This festival probably could have been, in some world, things could have lined up and it could have gone well. Um, The big problems leading up to it I took away were, um, the guy did own a private island, uh, or at the very least had paid the down payment for a private island. The problem is, the owners of the island were like, hey, we're trying to move, like, we're trying to improve the image of this island, we're aware it was owned by Pablo Escobar, but we don't want that to be its reputation forever. Right. Please don't mention Pablo Escobar at all when and talking about this island. Pablo yeah, first bit of Primo they do is Pablo Escobar's private island, and the people who own the island just took it back off him. Fair. So 
They lose the private island. For, second of all, that private island had no infrastructure for, like, waste removal. So, like, people would have had nowhere to do their business and get a plum- have plumbing to get it away from them, so that would have been a major issue in and of itself that they had no solution for. Um, uh, the money that was supposed to be there basically was all lies. Um, he, they completely overspent money they didn't have. They lied to investors about income. Well, the guy running it, uh, Billy, what's his face? Billy McFarlane, I think his mm. name is. He lied a lot to investors about income, about ex uh, expenses to get ca uh, venture capital. Did a lot of promising he would pay people the day after the event with money that was never going to materialise. Mm. And the festival probably could have happened and it would have been a disaster afterwards. But... Because people started noticing the paper trail, like, just before the event, a lot of places pulled what they were offering out. And lastly, like, the uh, big problems occurred mm, basically because the people managing the event, and specifically this guy Billy, absolutely refused to admit anything was wrong. Um, the way he talks about, like, initially when I was watching this documentary, I was like, I had a little bit of sympathy. It, 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 the guy was basically just like, I don't want problems, we will find solutions. And granted, for a lot of the time working on the festival, that worked. His refusal to accept that a problem couldn't be fixed did lead to a lot of very clever solutions to problems. Dot, 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 until those solutions stopped happening. Mm. So... That's, like, kind of some of the, the, like, I've skipped over a lot, but that's some of the more foreseeable, like, interesting things that broke down. Um, people get to the festival, it's a nightmare, there's a lot of coverage of, like, just the absolute Lord of the Flies scenario that it became. Um, <sighs> you start watching this documentary, the first half is kind of funny. It's watching this thing. It's 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 funny watching a train wreck happen and go, ha, ah, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. And there's a turning point in this documentary. And I told you vaguely about this story earlier. Yeah. Um, It's the point where it's like, this is, I kind of want to laugh, but also this is terrifying if I think about it. And then everything gets actually terrifying. Is the story where... One of the business people who was involved in this basically gets told by the organiser of the event, hey, we didn't pay our customs bill for the, like, tankers of drinking water we require to keep our festival goers alive. The customs guy is gay. You are gay. Go suck his dick to get us drinking water so that our attendees don't die. And this guy just, like... It speaks to the cult of personality with the this Billy guy who was leading it. The guy just goes and he fully is like, I, I guess this is what I do. And thankfully, he was not required to do so. Customs guy was like, I can see that you are serious and I don't want people dying on our island. Have the water. It's go. But that's the turning point where this whole documentary just gets like terrifying. And it becomes about like, oh, here's all the people on this island that, like, absolutely went out of their way doing things on trust. Mm. Because, like, all these celebrities are coming to their island and their island, like, never gets any press. And suddenly they're like, this could totally, like, be the thing that, like, doubles, triples, quadruples our economy and makes us a destination that people come. 
they were desperately hoping that this would be the shot in the arm to their their island's economy that would like really change things for them. I mean, people and, are certainly talking about the island now. Yeah, but not as a place that anyone <laughs> thinks about going. Well, um, I mean, I think if you take out all the fire festival organisers, I think people might still be interested yeah, in the location. No, there, there is a sandals resort on that island that I think is probably a totally great place to, to go stay, where you can be like, ah, here is here is actually a beach and everything provided for me the way I would like. Yeah, it's when you got um, to the bit about the business owners and the fact that they were being told that stuff, you know, money was going to be put into them. But the fact that Fire Festival had sold it on the fact that there was going to be you, no money, you don't need any money. Yeah, so that's, that's a whole thing, is basically they realised they didn't have enough money to pay the acts, so they start going, no, 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 it's going to be cashless, so before the event, put money on your RFID bands, and that's basically a way for them to go, hand us money now so we can pay the 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 acts and hopefully... We'll work out what to do about your, your food and drink later, but we need the bands. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, the the portion of the di- of the um the documentary that is about the small business owners on this island who got absolutely fucked over by this is really quite sad. Uh, yeah. There's in particular there's one woman who owns a restaurant who, like, she was pegged to be like the caterer for this event, and she had like she brought extra staff in, was paying like paying them to work day and night for like so long to get ready for this and no pay uh people who landed for fire festival were being sent to her and she had like 20 minutes notice and they were like no no no, just give them whatever they want and put it on a tab and we'll pay you later yeah and they like drank her bar dry and no money ever came from that she lost fifty thousand pound in her saving uh, dollars in savings just getting her staff paid because she was like I live here. I can't not pay my staff. Yeah, 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 and I I hear there's been like GoFundmes and stuff for some of the local businesses. There and have, things. and thankfully that has helped. But it's like the, the tr- fact that it happened at yeah. all, and the the time that it went on for, I imagine yeah. that's generated some more costs than it. Yeah, time. but there's like even beyond the people on the island, there's people within Fire Festival as a business who like, uh, for example. Uh, other parts of the company, uh, the, the the owner of the company was using like company credit cards to pay off various things that then couldn't get paid back. So they're getting sued for him stealing their money because like it wasn't his money and the people whose money it is are getting sued. And the bit I did not know that makes like this is the bit that takes away all sympathy I had for this, like any attempted sympathy I had for this Billing McFarlane as like. I wanted to believe he was a person who, like, seriously believed this was a thing that he could pull off. Everything started to go wrong. He panicked and didn't know how to back out, so he just doubled down. Right. Um, did you know, while he was on bail for, um, like, he he was charged with uh, wire fraud and securities frauds and basically lying to investors and f- all of this ridiculous stuff with the the, the money he you know, was stealing from people to do this event. Mm. He was, he was, you know, on bail for fraud and wire tra- uh, wire laundering and things. While he was on bail, he started another scam. And this one is not a, oh, you had good intentions, it went wrong. Um, he started a business through a second person, so someone else was technically running it, but it, like... There is video footage of him telling this person what to do and how to run the business. Like, secret video taken that's like, oh no, you you did this. Selling tickets to events that did not exist for ludicrously inflated prices, 
presumably trying to make money that he could use to pay back the people he'd previously defrauded to try and get himself off the hook for jail. And this is things like the Met Gala, which doesn't sell tickets. Like, you can't go to the Met Gala unless you are personally invited by the person who runs it. And he's like, oh yeah, no, £800 a ticket, I'll sell you tickets to the Met Gala. Um, like, Taylor Swift, who famously does not do meet and greets, is like, oh, £1,000 for a Taylor Swift meet and greet. Like, that's the point where I'm like, you are not someone who was just misguided and, like, like unlucky and everything fell apart and, you know, I feel sorry for you. Mm. No, you are just a manipulative person who, like, needs to see the inside of a jail cell. Um, He's currently serving six years in, uh, six years minimum in prison. And Good. he needs to. Like, that's, that, that last scam is the bit where I'm just like, no, no, you, you, you lost any chance of me ever giving you any semblance of benefit of the doubt. The sympathy fairy is away on this day. Yeah, so go watch that Netflix Fire Festival documentary. I've skipped over a lot of stuff. It's it's a terrifying, beautiful train wreck. A literal shit show. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Um, one thing we watched last week but we forgot to mention was oh, yeah. the uh, Unraveled. Bowser's military hierarchy. Yeah, that um, Brian, Brian Gilbert uh, polygon yeah. thing. Yeah. He he continued to make good videos. And the song at the end was just golden. Definitely oh, recommend that. Yes. Um I I would honestly say the Unravel series on Polygon or anything that Brian Gilbert does continues to be very good. I in, I enjoy just how in depth he goes for the sake of just silliness. Yeah. I I I envy that man's talent and one day aspire to be. Like the fact that he read the Gene Need of a Convention just to research for that yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, he yeah, it it good. Um anything else we watch? Uh, I think that's all of our watch. I think so. So <gasps> Laura Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Our new sponsor this week is hippiestamps.com. Oh, is that, that that service about printing your own postage at home? That's right, you can print your own postage at home, and then, you know, you, you keep those stamps. And uh, when the letter arrives, for no particular reason. Yeah, you keep your hippie stamps for no particular reason, and yeah. you, that you've produced at home, and then you, you, you have a hippie stamp yeah. in your ownership. Yeah, and they they certainly are pretty. I love all the different designs you get on them. Oh, uh, I I love all of the the, the various colours that yeah. the, the, the that come along with those hippie stamps. Mm-hmm. Very colourful. Yeah, lots of rainbows. I like the little uh, perforations. They're they're good. It's, it's handy yeah. that you can get them all perforated. They're so small those hippie stamps. They're really tiny. They're really they? really tiny yeah. stamps. They're, you have to be careful not to get them wet. Though. They really just sort of dissolve. Yeah, you don't want to get them in the light too much either. Like, no. Honest, honestly, you might want to put. You might want to even just put the, the this uh, postage on the inside of your envelope, maybe just to keep it safe. Yeah, I hear that's the thing that people do. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so where should people go if they want to print their own hippie stamps? Uh, yeah, head over to hippiestamps.com. They will sort you right out. Oh, they will. What's 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 the what's the code? What's the, the what's code the... this week is QNPS56. And what does that get you? That get you will get you ten percent off your. First batch of 25 hippie stamps. Oh. 
And that's that. I think that's enough for for most people to keep going for a few months. Yeah, that'll that'll you don't you don't need much. I'll see that'll see you through for a little while. Yeah, yeah, just get a nice big sheet of stamps. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone should be uh, uh, getting through that many stamps any quicker than that. Yeah, unless you're catering for a party, perhaps. But <laughs> it's not the sort of thing that should be encouraged. Anyway, <laughs> head over to happystamps.com. McCarty's Q and PS56 enter that at the checkout and you can get 10% off your first definitely definitely just definitely just postage mm-hmm. delicious postage gotta lick that stamp to stick it on the envelope <laughs> inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks hi 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 how's it going alright oh, uh, going well going going well going well so um I, I I've called this meeting, called this meeting, because yeah. um, you know, you know, we've got that uh, that that game about uh, going out and catching invisible monsters and the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it's still as popular as ever, you know, but we we gotta keep getting ways to get people engaging with this this game because yeah, obviously, sure. you know, unless they're they're using the game, they're not spending money. So. Yeah, all those microtransactions aren't gonna pay for themselves. And you know, developing new content for people to play, you know. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've been, I've been thinking, I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. Can we just like use functions that, like, you know, people's phones already have to get, to, you know, to just squeeze more content out of the game? So, yeah, like, yeah. Here's my idea. Here's my idea. So we we recently put a thing in in the game. So like, people just like take photos, and that that gets them a monster, and they yeah, can I mean, go like, take photos a bunch, and yeah, it's like, like... phones already have cameras in them, so... Those exactly, are, like, we literally just, like, we stick a, a photo of our monster in front of the camera that already exists. It's easy, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's very yeah. little work, so I've got some pitches for you for, like, things we can do with a phone that isn't, yeah. you know, we don't have to develop any new graphics oh. or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, how, how's about this? How's about this? Uh, there's a monster that does like a swooping attack. So, sure, like, sure. To yeah. catch that one, you drop your phone out a window, and your friend's sure. gonna like catch it, and it's gonna fall really fast. Gotta catch it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotta gotta catch it, y'all. Yeah, and I, I think it helps that we've recently done that uh, deal with the m- mobile phone manufacturer. So uh, we've, I guess, if we can get people breaking their shit. Yeah. Uh, then we'll, we'll we'll get a bit of a payout on that one as also, well. Also, like, if we don't implement autosave, then, like, if they accidentally break their phone, they're gonna have to, like, replay that section of the game, and obviously we're not gonna save what money they gave us in in-app purchases. Oh, God, so no. They gotta spend their money again. No, no. So, how's about this? You want, like, a, a special fire monster? Yeah. Put your phone really near a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You want to catch the water one, you've got to just, like, leave it in the sink. Exactly. And, like, you know, if you if you break your phone, that's how you know you did it, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and I think in the case of those ones, maybe we'll, we'll let them have the thing. But, like, or it'll show up as seen. Oh. Court, caught. Oh. And then the, you know, uh, they'll, the, they'll be like, I just didn't do it quite just right. So, so close. So close. I, 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 th- I think this is the perfect way for us to get more content for no extra work. Absolutely. And since we haven't got anyone else really working here anymore, it's just, uh, it's just good that there's, there's not really any work required. Indeed. So, what have you listened to? Oh, I'm trying to find what I've listened to. Um, do you have anything you've listened to while I find my listened list? Um, yeah, I mean, mine's 
Mine's very short this week. Mine's a bit short too. I've listened to some uh, Professor Elemental. Oh yeah. I mean, if you take away the slightly colonial overtones of of his costume, yes, yes. Um, just <laughs> it's just silly, quite quite charming chap hop. Yes. Um, about you know tea and cake and British fates and but very 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 exaggeratedly British hip hoppy. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this like things like uh, "All in Together," which I think is a really nice track. It's a really good anthem about, hey, we're just all in this together. It doesn't matter what you look like, what your sexual orientation or gender presentation is, um, who or what you are on any scale. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it's just we're all in this together. It should be nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of that sentiment. Yeah, um, splendid. Which is just about just just the niceness. It's yeah. splendid. Everything is splendid. Um, and fate worse than death, which is about a very silly summer fate uh, <laughs> that going on at Professor Elemental's Manor. Um, and hat full of sunshine. It was just. I think the spring sprung. It, it got me, and I was like, you know what? I need some. You need some upbeat. Some nice chipper, like. Gentle hip hop. Yes, just give it a sort of stroll in the sunshine, yeah, some, sort of some music. Hippity hop, Rose. Hippity hop. Yeah, that was good. What, what, what about you? Uh, I found a new track from an artist I already like. Um, so the track is called Wolf, and it's by an artist oh. called Alice Band. Uh, the, <laughs> D, the D at the end is capitalised. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, so this track is like a slightly scar, slightly jazzy track with a really sort of like galloping pacing. Uh, femme vocal, um, lyrically it's about the... The best way I can describe it is it's about the flawed, contradictory interior lives that people live and trying to live your best life and kick ass regardless of that. And just talking about the fact that we're all complicated and weird and messy and presenting ourselves as things that are probably not entirely what we are, but you present a version of yourself and that becomes the life you live. And just, yeah, we're all weird, messy contradictions, but it's okay to just keep trying to do the best you can and be the best person you can. Hmm. It's a good track. Nice. What about you? Anything else? Um, I did listen to something else, but I don't know how anyone would ever really find it. Okay. Um, I got it years ago off of Tunes.net, and I listen to it every single summer, and now Tunes doesn't exist. It's called Pure Uplifting Extreme, with an X, not an E. Uh, Extreme Hardcore by DJ React, a.k.a. Bo- uh, Balby B. Okay. Um, and it's just, like, really uplifting, extreme, happy hardcore. Ooh. And, yeah, every summer I just... Put it on and, and dance around like a loon in the sunshine. Aw. Oh, you need to put this on for me in the sunshine sometime. So I can enjoy it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I've listened to is I've been re-listening to the soundtrack to the video game To The Moon. Oh. Uh, it's, it's got a very beautiful soundtrack. And then one song... Like one, it's all instrumental. And then there's one song with lyrics that makes me cry a bit. Um, I love that one. I yeah. think I've mentioned it before. Yeah, I I listened to, re-listened to that soundtrack this week because it got announced that To The Moon's getting a Switch port this summer. Ooh. And I will totally replay that game, so I was like, oh, I should put that music on while I work for a bit. And it was good. It was very sweet. <laughs> I, yeah, that one track comes on, I do a little bit of a cry, but it's alright. It's, it's a good, healthy cry. It's a cathartic cry. So yeah, that's everything I've listened to, I think. Mm. So... 
time for this. Have you spent the last several months staying indoors because terrible weather and poor conditions outdoors? Uh-huh. Have you tried our newest product, currently available in a very limited beta? No. It's spring! Oh. Available right now for a very limited time. Ooh. For the next three days, enjoy all the benefits of spring. Ooh. It's exciting. There's sunshine. It's not too hot. Wow. Try out spring right now for this limited beta weekend before we return to winter to bug test. I don't know. Do you have an irrational fear of dogs? Uh, yes. Do you even perhaps have a totally rational fear of dogs? Now that you say it, yeah, that sounds like it. Well, fear not. Get down! And you have to say it that way. Is the app for you. If you're being attacked, either savagely or with slobbery licks, just press the button and the app will explain, in fluent dog, why it should leave you alone. I understand what you have said and believe you be. That's get down! And you have to say it that way, the app that will make the dog get down. Question time, it's time for questions. What's the questions? Well... What are the questions? That is the question. I, I don't know what the questions are. I don't know. I, I'm basically just vamping for time because I thought I had them ready, but apparently You, th- not. you thought that you had them ready, but you did not. This apparently is... not. Kel Giddler would like to know, what is the thing you love most about each other? Your sense of humour. You make me laugh constantly and it's you really brighten my day with, with your just silly, silly giggles. You make me smile a lot. Mm-hmm. I like making you smile. I like that, like, I can just completely be me around you. There's no need to sort of be <laughs> yeah. performative in any way. Yeah. And like, I've been in a lot of relationships where they, I've had to hide bits of myself because people hmm. have just gone, no, no t- that that is too much, Jane. Um, One thousand million percent that back at you. Um. There are there are aspects of myself that I have never shared with anyone other than you, and you are the only person in the world that makes me feel safe enough to share those parts of myself, and you make me feel like I'm not broken and wrong for who I am, and you make me feel okay and safe. We're okay and safe. Yeah. And you, and you make me do giggles. Yeah. Laughter is the very best medicine, yeah. unless you need a transplant, and then you should probably see a doctor. Indeed. Laughter is the best medicine, other than, you know, medicine. <laughs> Indeed. Laughter is the best homeopathic medicine. Yes. It's one of the few that actually does something. Uh, St. Crimson, we'd like to know, uh, what is one food that you wish you could make vegan? Jammy Dodgers? Uh, mm, ah, let, me have, let me have a think. It's got to be a good... Be... Milk chocolate hobnobs. Remember those? Those were good. Yeah, yeah. Um... See, the thing I would have said was like a good, like chewy sweet, like a Haribo or something, and then I discovered uh, jelly tots, and that that fixed that for me. Um, honestly, th- I think most things I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe a better vegan egg. Yeah, that's that's definitely a lot of fair. vegan eggs are sort of weird and jellyish. Yeah, in a way. like a, I'd quite like a nice scrambled egg. That didn't, Ooh. didn't wobble like jelly. I I don't know if they're a thing or not, but part of me suspects not. A good like um vegan uh, bubble tea bubble. 
Because um, I assume, are they... Well, you can... Depends. You can get yeah. the, the squishy ones. And yeah. I know you can get vegan ones of those. You can order them on Amazon, but they're very expensive. Well, that's... Okay. I would like for a affordable vegan version of that. Or apparently some bubble teas may be um, like tapioca balls. Uh, yeah, them. I don't get on well with the tapioca ones. I'm specifically after them. I can just make them do the nice pop in my mouth. And though, yeah, I, I can't be paying them prices what the uh, the current vegan ones cost. So give me some cheap vegan ones. Fair, fair. Or affordable. Uh, hi, Job. Hi, Job. Hi, Job. Uh, we'd like to know, if you were a Pokemon, which one would you be? Tittle. Uh... Oh, they're Mimikyu. Aww. Oh, they're Mimikyu. Oh, Mimikyu. He's <laughs> okay. He's okay. You don't have to hide. You he's, can be he's, you. He's okay. Around you, I don't have you to hide. You can be you. He's okay. Mwah. It's a set. When you go outside, you have like a whole Pikachu <laughs> costume that you wear. Yeah, did you not know that I do this every time I go out by myself? I just put on a big Pikachu outfit. Aww. <laughs> Sweetie bun. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> What's the next question? Jamie Pop, Jamie Pop. I will draw on your face. Uh, Ostagar would like to know um, if you if you could get any if you could get anim, any if you could get any animal kingdom ability, what would you like, and what would be the worst one you can think of? Uh, the one I would want, flying. Do give me some cool wings? Flying, yeah. Or yeah. the ability to change my skin colour, like a chameleon. That'd be cool. What colour do you want your skin? Like, purple? Like, just, just, just like my mood. Just based on my <laughs> mood, you can tell. I, I, I... You know, are you sure you don't want, like, tentacles? I would want you to have tentacles. <laughs> okay, I'll have, I'll have tentacles <laughs> for Jane. You don't have to have tentacles. You you have the flying for you. Can yeah. I have the wings and the tentacles? Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just fly around. It came from above. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other really interesting ones. Um, sonar? Sonar would be cool as fuck. Sonar would be cool as fuck. Um, whale song. I could put people to sleep, which would just make them really relaxed. I think that'll do for me. And you know, if if the crew of the Enterprise ever need to come back in time and <laughs> stick me in a, a a large tank of transparent aluminium, that would be Prince Bentolman. Hello, computer. What's next? Uh, Becky Twohill. Hi. We'd Hi. like to know uh, what would uh, how would someone best interrogate you? Mm. Just ask nicely, I think. Yeah. I yeah. tend to tell the truth. Yeah, just like catch me off guard and ask me politely very quickly. And I'll just go, ah, oh, here's the answer. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, like, I don't have a lot of secrets. I tend to just tell people things. Yeah. Um. Very, very, very occasionally I'll be like, yeah, I would rather not answer that. Yeah. For like reasons. But those are usually sort of weird things. Yeah. They're not like the big secrets. I don't really have big secrets. Um. Make, uh, wait until I've made a plan and then <sighs> forcibly prevent me from going and doing the thing that I planned. Where okay. I'm suddenly like, oh, um, but, 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 the, but, the, but the thing, the thing though. I don't know, I, I would, I usually end up almost non verbal in those circumstances. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. So that, if anything, yeah. it's worse. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think that answers the question. Um, yeah. uh, probably some kind of drug that r- removes my inhibition, I guess. Yeah, just, just just get me high and then ask. I'll be like, hey, I'm sure what ups? I'll tell you, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, some... your best friend, what ups? Maybe something with an ego death, because then I wouldn't think I had anything to hide. Either something with an ego death or something that makes me think everyone's my new best friend. <laughs> Maybe a combination of the two. Yeah. Well, I guess we've answered that question. We have indeed. Uh, Alma would like to know what is the best thing about boobies, your own and those of others? Hmm. We're now sitting here <laughs> just feeling <laughs> ourselves just, up. just like put our hands there, just like, huh, what is. Uh, the. the the only answer, the, the first answer that came to my head was just the not dysphoria. That's 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 a pretty good bit. Um, <laughs> quite, there's something quite comforting about just standing yeah. around holding your own tits. It's it's really nice if you're just like having a think. Just hold yeah, your, just hold sometimes your you need to hold your boobs to think. Just, yeah. mm, mm, have a, have a mm. have, hold your boobs, have a think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's it. It's just. Having, my... having, having I need my thinking bra on. Yeah. That is to say, my hands. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. It's not until I put it into words that I'm like, oh yeah, I do occasionally just thinking bra. Thinking bra. Yeah. Do you need a bra? Remember you... <laughs> <laughs> that? I do indeed. What's the next question? Um. Wait. We didn't finish on. Oh, I apologize. About others. Other uh, people's. What do you like about other people's? Um, it's a, it's a really hard thing to put into words. While well, that boobs, I think it depends yeah. on the boobs. Yeah. Like every boob all... is special in its own way. Exactly. Like it doesn't matter if they're big or small, or if they have if if they point upwards or downwards. Indeed. Like boobs are just good. Yeah. Um. Like they... I I like that some people get a lot of enjoyment when I do things to their boobs. Yeah. Um. I'm a big fan of nipples in general. I I I like that they take a torso that otherwise could be quite like there's nothing really going on with the torso. It's just a uh, you can just be a straight line. It's like no, it it, it gives some shapes going on. Yeah, it's variance. In my case, it balances out my gut quite nicely. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just they're just good. They feel nice. Yeah. Ah, yeah. They're, they're comforting. They are indeed that. Yeah. Boobs are good. Boobs. Boobs are good. Boobs, Boobs are good. good. Ah. Uh, Cow Subalu, Cow I guess. Um, if you were a speciality Pokemon trainer, what type would you specialize in? Pokemon that have weird gimmicks around their moves. So, like, I, maybe this is just because I caught a Smeagol today, but I'm thinking, <laughs> like, give me, give me a team that's got like a, a Ditto that transforms into the other Pokemon. Give me like a Smeagol that like steals moves. Um. I'm sure there are more of them, and my brain is just skipping on what they are. But like that—that's my. It's not my favorite type of Pokemon, but I—I I think it's a type that hasn't really been done before. Uh, mine would be cute pink ones. Yeah, uh, Jigglypuff, and is it Cleefa? Uh, yep. Cleefable. Yeah, Clefairy, Jiggly, obviously. Wigglytuff. Uh, no, I'm not a big fan of Wigglytuff. No. What about Iggly, Iggly, Igglybuff, the baby Jigglypuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, I like the rounder ones rather than the tall, straighty ones. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and, and you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't um, have to at all. Also, just like loads of Bulbasaurs. Bulbasaurs are yeah. really cute. I love them. No <laughs> evolving. Uh, Ollie Hood would like to know uh, what's your favourite chemical element? There's his K. <laughs> Potassium. What's my favourite chemical element? Uh, um, helium. Because the idea of a chemical that gives people a high, silly voice is just, like, really funny. It, it just has, like, a very... It's got lots of, like, really useful scientific applications, but I just, like, yeah, it's the silly voice one. Um, let's see. Like, any of the noble gases are really cool. You can do lots of cool stuff with those. But they're all really cool, except for boron, which is a bit boring. Hey! <laughs> Neon. Yeah, neon's ne- oh, neon's cool. awesome. Neon's good. Uh, neon's really awesome. Um, carbon. You can do so much with carbon. Yeah, carbon. Largely made of carbon. Yeah, carbon's pretty rad. Hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how radioactive it is. Hey, oxygen. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah, I either. Oxygen, nitrogen, some carbon dioxide. I don't know. Of of the bits of it, the 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 bit of the air that I'm the biggest fan of is the oxygen. But you couldn't live on pure oxygen. No, but like, I need the oxygen probably more than I need. Like, it's got to be in the right ratios. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, I know people say. You I know what I've got? I'm making a joke comment. I, you see, I, I know, but I got too scientific. <laughs> <laughs> um, hydrogen. It all begins with hydrogen, really. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good start. Yeah. That's a good start. The sun. We need the sun. That's, yeah, that's the all sun hydrogen. Is, is bloody good. Big, big old burning ball of swirly <laughs> hydrogen. Fun. Very good. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of good ones. Um, Iodine's fun. I, I suppose. Yeah. It's good for... It's it's good for, I can't remember what you need it for in your body. There is something. And it's good for, like, swabbing before surgeries and stuff. Yeah. It, it dyes your skin. Yeah. Quite interesting. That's, that's fine. That's it dumb. smells funky. <laughs> um, all the ones that fizz in water, although cesium and francium are a little bit too much. Yeah. But you can watch potassium just go... <laughs> um, tricky. That tricky. What would you name your airship? I would call it the Butloon. It's a big butt-shaped dirigible. I love it. I want to go on the Batloon. What about you? Hmm. Hmm. Ah, uh, the Monkey Petania. <laughs> because everything with me is Stone Monkey Radio based. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I call one of my or most of my first Minecraft world Monkey Petania. Yeah. Um. Monkeys. Monkeys good. Monkeys good. Um. The Jigglypuff. <laughs> yeah, I I would ride the Jigglypuff. You can ride my Jigglypuff anytime. Oh. Right? Oh. Ew. Um. Uh, the Tasty Beaver. Yeah. Uh, we got any more? Uh, do, 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 do. uh, Crimson would like to know: Is there any food that most people like that you really don't like because of taste, texture, etc.? Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, cheese. Most fruits, um, 
Cheese is the big one that anytime I tell people I don't like cheese, they're always like, oh, but it's amazing. Yeah, cheese is like bacon. It's one of those like, you have to like it. You have, I like it. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of them. I've, I've talked about my texture issues on this show before, but cheese yeah. is the one that people get annoyed that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like telling people you don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> people do get really weird about that. Um... Uh, lychees? I think people like lychees. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of texture happening. The, the smell makes me vomit, so that's not yeah. really a good start. Um, I don't know if that's like one that lots of people like, though. I, 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 I think well, that works as an answer. Um, Fissilis? I can't be fucked with that. Yeah. Uh, Ian Burnham would like to know, what foodstuffs do you have on crackers? Cheese. Again, I don't have cheese. So there's not much. I, I don't have like tomato, avocado. tomatoes. I'm not a big avocado fan. I'm not a big fan of most of the things that go on crackers. I'd probably enjoy some crackers and hummus, I suppose. Oh, yeah. That could be alright. Um, I'm trying to remember what... Like, when I was little, we used to get these like... Um, bran crackers, I think they were. Yeah. And maternal parent used to just smother them in like apricot cottage cheese. Huh. Like, uh, almost like apricot fromage frais, that yeah. sort of stuff, and just like just smear it over the top of them. I don't know where this creation came from, but yeah, that that, that that's that's an option for crackers. And that is the end of questions. We're not going to do them for again for a little while. We oh. might we might come back to them at some point, but that's we're going to try a different section here. Yeah, because we've we've done other sections in this slot before. We did bras. We did bras, which we, which we mentioned previously. Indeed, on this episode. And we might it's weird that they came back to haunt us. Indeed, we might come back to questions at some point in the future. But yeah. we're going to do something a little different with this slot for a little while. Do you want to say what we're going to do with it for a yeah, bit? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come up with a story on the fly. We're going to come up with uh, some stories. So basically, we are going to be asking instead of questions for story prompts, uh, character ideas for things we might stick in things, and we're just going to improv a story. And we will give this a go, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, we'll see, but we're going to try a new thing and see how that goes. Ah, (gasps) I never know when you might try a new thing. Indeed so. (gasps) Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors! Hello, Larry. Hello, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm alright, I'm alright. Yeah, how's your week been? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, uh... I had to go out the weekend though, and uh, it's, it's really peopley out there. Oh, I know. It's, it's, you know, certain situations like that can be proper stressful, can't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always times like that where I, you know, I, I wish there was like some way I could bring along like my like my fidget things, but you know, like I know for a while, like fidget spinners were like a, a thing, and it was sort of seemed to be cool to have them, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Now that seems to have died down, you get sort of funny looks for uh, for you know having those sort of comfort items with you. 
Yeah, it's it's the thing that just like society, I wish was a bit more acceptable. Is the idea of no matter what it is, is it, you know, thing comfort items being more accepted, more uh, accepted as a part of life. Yeah, you know, sometimes life is a bit stressful, and if yeah. it's not harming anyone else, what's the problem with having something with you that makes you feel more calm? You know, exactly. That that might be a fidget item, like you know, fidget cubes or uh, you know, something in that that territory. Yeah, or but, teddy. You know, yeah, it could be could be a teddy. Could be just that. I talk for myself. I've got a hoodie that's about. Probably about fifteen years old at this point. Yeah. It's just tired as all hell. It's not a you know a smart presentable thing to wear, but it's it's very comfy. It makes me feel safe because you know it's just a, it's, a, it's a comfort thing. And sometimes you just need stuff like that, stuff that feels safe, familiar, to make you feel more at ease in situations which aren't safe and familiar. Yeah, I've, I've got something similar, actually. I've got this giant oversized hoodie. I, I used to, you know, weigh a lot more than I, I do now. It was uh, designed for me by a friend. They had it uh, printed out through one of these T-shirt printing services. Yeah. I mean, I've had it for years, and obviously it's been through a lot with me. It's it's full of hot rock burns from, you know, yeah. back in the day when <laughs> they were still a thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but it's, it's still very comforting, and I'll wear it a lot if I'm, if I'm ill or, yeah. or if I'm, I'm, you know, I need a bit of comfort. It's just nice to have that sort of thing, but it's not really the sort of thing that I feel like I can uh, take out of the house. Yeah. It wouldn't really feel like the the right place for that. It's not the sort of thing that you could wear to a, say, a work meeting with the bosses that you're nervous about. Yeah, you know, that's exactly the sort of thing it would be really good for, you know. Yeah. You know, if I want to take, you know, my teddy, or my, my uh, like a fidget cube or something, and, you know, and, you know, just a comfortable item of clothing. Yeah. Like, there's all these times when it would be perfect to have these things, and you just, it's not socially acceptable to have yeah, them. And I really think, wish that stigma just didn't exist. Exactly. Like, the, you know, just just imagine, just imagine you've, you know, you've got a, a job interview, and you see it's a very stressful situation. Uh, imagine being able to go, I'll have, I'll have a small stuff called a cuddly toy, it's about hand size. Just sort of fiddle with it with your hand and just have something soft and nice to touch that, you know, you can sort of use to take your mind off things. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a nice way to just, you know, be less terrible, like nervously in the moment and, you know, feel a bit more comfort yeah, and it would you... harm no one. Absolutely. Good for anxiety, good for, you know, autistic stimming and things like that. I think we need to make sure these things are more socially acceptable yeah. and, and not just while they're fashionable, just yeah. genuinely, generally... Everyone can can have these things. Yeah, exactly. If you're hurting no one, why are we stopping people from from engaging with them? Exactly. Oh, you want that hug? Always, mate. Always. Oh, a hug oh. is one comfort thing they can't take away from us. Definitely, definitely. Oh. Although, you know, I'm sure there are some sections of the world where two men giving each other a platonic hug would uh, would probably get some, you know, socially unacceptable. Things and yeah. you know that's it's, not right either. It's a proper shame because this is a highlight of my week. It is definitely, definitely. Yeah. I enjoy the I enjoy the closeness with <laughs> with that you know that that meaning more than friend, exactly. good friend. Yeah, exactly. Safe friend. Yeah. Should we go have that cup of tea? Yeah, I'll put the kettle. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. Um, 
You can find me on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. If you were already listening to it, like, catch up on season 5, because uh, in the last week or so, I DM'd an episode. We did a silly little side story, and I had a lot of fun with that. So catch up on Dice Funk so you can listen to that. Um... Seasons 3, 4, and 5 are all self-contained stories. You can jump into any season and listen to it in isolation. Mm-hmm. Other than that, things I learned from Mario's butt. We're almost done doing the pictures for that. That'll be, you know, happening soon. Um, Uncomfortable Labels comes out in July. I'm very happy, excited to just get that book out there soon. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jane? Where are you on the internet? I am Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog where I write all kinds of random stuff. I need to get back to that. I've not done any, come up with anything for a while. Um, I'm on Badly Designated Heroes, which is a 5th edition D&D podcast. Uh, which goes out every Saturday. I'm on twitch.tv slash Janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. On Thursdays around quarter to eight in the evenings, UK time. And I play games with my wonderful sexy potato squad. And I think that's about it for me. Wonderful. So, until next time, be a stranger.